asked her and told her that she was welcome to sing that again. She sang it again, and so I'm going to tell you, you're welcome to sing that one again. And uh, I, I love the message of, of that song, and uh, thank you uh, for that message. And by the way, um, one of the preachers, uh, while we're going to be out, is going to be uh, Miss Eileen's uh, father, Brother Adius. And uh, he is such a blessing. We supported the family when they were uh, in Chile and, uh, and uh, missionaries there to Chile. That's when we first met Eileen. She was a little girl at that, uh, at that point. And, and then um, her father went to Arizona, pastored in Arizona. He's now in, in Edinburgh, Texas, and uh, pastoring. Lord's doing a great, great work there in Edinburgh. Uh, there. He'll, be, he'll be here. Uh, I think he's coming to visit uh, the granddaughter, uh, probably, and uh, uh, that's coming. But he's going to get a preach uh, for you while while they're here. Joshua chapter five. Joshua chapter five. If you have your place in the Word of God and able to stand with us here this morning, we're going to go to the end of the chapter, Joshua chapter five, and uh, we'll go to verse number thirteen. Joshua chapter five, verse number thirteen. And it reads, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord. And that's where we're going to, to preach about this morning is the captain of the host of the Lord. Am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from the, off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. You'll join me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's take just a moment to yield this morning and to let the Lord have his way in our hearts. And as always, we, we sure do need to hear from him. Father, I thank you today for just this privilege of being here in this place and uh, opening the word of God here in this pulpit this morning. And as always, Lord, I look unto you and need your grace, need your strength, need your power. And I, I pray, Lord, that you just give clarity of thought and so many important uh, things that, uh, that you put upon my heart. And, and I pray, God, just the... Uh, ability to, to give that which you want here this morning. And uh, Lord, we're trusting that uh, you'll minister at uh, points of need here today. Uh, most of all, we, we want you glorified. We want to see uh, you uplifted and exalted here this morning. And uh, we're mindful of your presence in our midst here today. And we're mindful that this is holy ground. Anywhere your presence is, it's holy. And Lord, help us this morning. Uh, in just recognizing that, we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated uh, this morning. Um, beautiful chapter that, uh, that we're embarking upon here today. And, and Lord willing, we'll be in the same chapter again tonight. And so I encourage you to be back uh, uh, here this evening. Uh, but in this chapter, God is preparing his people to begin to conquer and to occupy the promised land. God worked a miracle. He brought them across the Jordan River, that entire nation. And you go back to Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 1. It came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that God, or that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel, 
And so we were passed over that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. It's a great miracle that God worked. And I just kind of get the picture here that as the children of Israel have crossed uh, through the Jordan River, uh, that word began to spread throughout Canaan land of what God had done, of this miracle uh, that God had worked. Now God promised when they left the land of Egypt in Exodus chapter 23 and verse number 27, uh, he said, I will send my fear before thee. And that's exactly what God is beginning to do as they will now conquer that land. God's fear has gone before them into the land of Canaan. Now, in preparation for what was ahead, uh, God gave them uh, the ordinance or the, the, the uh, mission of circumcision. Look with me in Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 2. At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And I believe that second time, we'll deal with that somewhat tonight, a little bit here this morning. But it's the circumcision, a picture of the circumcision of the hearts. And so they now, this new generation, is going to conquer this land. And so they're going to follow through with what this... Uh, this symbol that God has given, uh, this uh, uh, symbol of um, God's covenant with them that God gave to Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 17. Uh, we come to Joshua chapter 5 verse number 10. Uh, there would be here the observance of the Passover. Uh, the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And this was a memorial of God's deliverance from Egypt. And we'll look at that in more detail tonight as we examine the first part of Joshua chapter 5 and just some wonderful encouragement concerning salvation. Now this morning I, I want to focus upon the captain of the host of the Lord. Now here's my conviction. I believe this was a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of the Bible is about Jesus. And Jesus is our Joshua. He's our uh, one that brings us into the promised land. Now, pictured so beautifully by the life of Joshua. Uh, the children of Israel are about to walk in places they've never been before. In Joshua chapter 3, verse number 4, they were to follow the ark of the covenant that you may know the way which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore uh, or heretofore. Now, before they conquer the land, the captain of the host of the Lord makes his presence known, makes his appearance known. There are going to be some strong peoples that they will have to conquer. There are giants in the land. There are cities that are walled to the heaven. There are battles that are bigger than them. But God makes it very clear in this appearance that the battle is not going to be yours. The battle is the Lord's. And I'm so thankful this morning that when we're saved, we do not walk this path alone. And as we journey through this life and walking in places we've never been before, we do not fight the battles alone. We have a captain, the Lord Jesus Christ, that goes before us. And our captain will lead the way and our captain will help in fighting these battles. And the Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now what I want to focus upon this morning is this vision of Joshua 
And as the captain of the hosts of the Lord makes his presence known. You can imagine this would offer tremendous encouragement for what was ahead. Now go with me to verse number 13 and uh, just give some simple thoughts here this morning, but then make some applications here to our life. I want you to see the timing of this vision in verse 13, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. Now we have already mentioned the obedience of circumcision in Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 2. As they've come across the, the Jordan River, God says, now you're to circumcise this, this new generation. You're to bring this circumcision. It represented this covenant between God and Abraham. I want you to keep your place here, but go back with me to Genesis chapter 17 for just a moment. Uh, Genesis chapter 17. And this covenant that God had given between this nation and Abraham. In Genesis uh, chapter 17, verse number 7, God speaks to Abram, Abraham, and he says, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and, and I notice this statement here in verse number 8, I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant before therefore, thou and thy seed after thee and their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. So in chapter 5 of Joshua in verse number 2, uh, they are going to give this outward symbol of this covenant between God and this nation. And the Bible is telling them that this covenant involved the land that they were about to conquer. Now the vision of this captain is an assurance that God is going to fulfill that covenant, that covenant in giving the land. I think it's very important here. You'll notice in Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 2, the Bible says that they are to circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And I think that statement there is very important. Again, keep your place in Joshua chapter 5. And I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 2. In Joshua chapter 5, they are to circumcise here the second time. It's this uh, group or this generation that had not been circumcised while they wandered through the wilderness. And in Romans chapter 2, I believe there's a beautiful picture that is given. I want you to see in verse number 28. Romans 2 verse number 28. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now Jesus, our Joshua, has circumcised, if you're saved, the, the heart, your heart. And through a salvation, he has become the captain of our salvation. And here's the blessing here this morning, is if you're saved, we have an eternal covenant with this God. An eternal covenant, we have a promised land that is coming one day, the home of heaven. So the appearance is after the obedience of circumcision. But I want you to look in chapter 5 of Joshua and verse number 10. 
This appearance is after the observance of the Passover. In verse number 10, the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. Now the Passover was a memorial of God's deliverance out of the land of Egypt. And if you were to go back to Exodus chapter 12, Exodus chapter 13, you would read about the initiation of this memorial, this Passover meal, that would represent that as the Lord passed through the land and His wrath was poured upon that land, where the blood was applied to the doorposts, the Lord would pass over. And now they are in remembrance of this to observe here in the land of Canaan that memorial. One of the first things they're to do in the promised land is to observe the Passover, this memorial. God brought them out with a strong arm. God delivered them from the land of Egypt. But God brought them out in order to bring them in. And here's the picture. is God did not save you to live a life of defeat. He saved you to glorify himself, to be fruitful for him. Uh, he delivered you from the bondage of Egypt if you're saved. Look in Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 9. And the Lord said unto Joshua, With this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you, wherefore the name of this place is called Gilgal unto this day. See, he is our captain. He goes before us that we might live a Christian life for his glory, that he might roll off from us the reproach of our former life that we lived without the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the timing of this vision. Now look with me back in Joshua 5 and verse number 13. Here's the place of this vision. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. Now, here's what I picture in my mind. The whole nation has come across the Jordan. They're camped in Gilgal. They have observed the Passover uh, uh, memorial. They have uh, obeyed in circumcision. And... I believe Joshua has gone off alone. And I picture here this leader of this nation. There's a huge task before them. I believe he went out to pray, to seek God. He's contemplating the direction. And now he's come close by, by Jericho. And as he comes to that city, he can see a strong walled city. It's a city that's going to be humanly impossible to conquer. Uh, he needs direction. He needs assurance. And God gives him in this vision exactly what he needed. Uh, at this point, God made himself known. Uh, at this point, Joshua's captain gave assurance of the direction that they would take. And, and I thought about this. God knows exactly what you need and when you need it. And I believe there is a principle for those that will seek his face, that will seek his direction, that will seek his power, that God gives that in his time. Um, yesterday morning, I woke up and there were just some things on my heart. Do you ever have that on your heart? And, and just, you need God's help. You need God's wisdom. You need God's direction. And uh, that's where my heart was. Lord, I, I need you. And uh, I, I don't know what to do in this situation, in these circumstances. And I began to read through the Psalms. And as I'm reading through the Psalms, I came to Psalm 61. 
And it was as if the, the very presence uh, of God uh, came, just giving assurance, uh, just giving that sense of God's presence, the sense of God's guidance, the sense of God's victory. And for me, it was just uh, one of those times that um, in the presence of the Lord, just to worship the Lord in the presence of God, just to know that God is in control. And, and I believe for Joshua, that's exactly what he needed as he was about to embark upon this huge task of conquering the land. Now, go with me to Joshua 5 and verse number 13. And you'll see here the person of Joshua's vision. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man of war over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. I mentioned previously, I believe this is a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here the Lord appeared to him as a man. Jesus often appeared in Old Testament times. Genesis chapter 18, I think we have another a pre-incarnate appearance of, of uh, the Lord Jesus. Uh, Abraham was on the plains of Mamre, and he lifted up his eyes, and there are three men that are walking in his direction, and one of them was the Lord, and I believe that was the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and God gives to Abraham direction at that time. Uh, Genesis chapter 28, it's evident that the Lord appeared to Jacob by way of Jacob's ladder. And in Genesis chapter 32, uh, of Jacob, it says there wrestled a man with him. And as you study the background of that passage in Genesis chapter 32, I believe this was the Lord Jesus Christ that is Joshua, or uh, as uh, Jacob is wrestling. Uh, we have this pre-incarnate appearance. But here the Bible speaks that the Lord appeared to Joshua as a man. You notice also in verse number 13, not only a man, but he appeared to him as a soldier. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. A sword drawn. Now Joshua was about to go to war. It's going to be a major war, major battle, strong nations, giants in the land, cities walled to the heavens. But here as the Lord appears to Joshua, uh, it's evident he's not going to go out alone into this battle. And if you're saved this morning, we're not alone in our pilgrim journey. We're at war. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But in this war, we're not in this war alone. So we have here the vision of this man. But here's the encouragement in this vision. Again, verse 13 of Joshua chapter 4, 5. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes. And he looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, notice the question, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? It seems that Joshua is alone. That's a bold question. Either you're for the Lord or you're against the Lord. 
Almost as if Joshua was thinking, is this a Goliath that has come to defy the armies of Israel? Or is this as David, one that is going forth to defeat the enemy? Who is this? And so I see the courage of Joshua as he seeks the answer. Are you for us? Are you against us? Here's the answer in verse 14. He said, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. I am a friend and not a foe, but more than a friend. I'm captain of the host of the Lord, commander-in-chief. Not only the commander of Israel, I'm the captain of the Lord's host. I'm commander of this army, uh, thus Joshua's captain, but the captain of the host of the Lord. Here's the thought. All of the armies of heaven, the angelic realm, the host of the Lord, uh, more there be that are for us than that be against them. Joshua is about to enter into a war with a strong, well-trained enemy that comes against him. His people are not accustomed to war, but all the hosts of heaven were there, and the captain of these hosts is their captain. And it's evident that no weapon that is formed against them would prosper. We're often so forgetful in our spiritual walk, on the spiritual side of our battles. We get focused on the temporal. We see the giants. We see the enemies. We see the cities walled to the heavens. But we forget if God be for us, who can be against us? We forget if I'm on the Lord's side, all is going to be well. We forget what God promised in Romans chapter 8. Nay, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There was this encouragement in the vision. But this is so crucial. This is where I want to go this morning. And it's this reverence in this vision. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 14, he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? Notice this statement. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Oh, now it is clear to Joshua, this is more than a man. This is the Lord, his Lord. This is the creator of the universe. He did what we all must do. In this recognition, the Bible says that he fell on his face to the earth. He bowed the knee to Jesus Christ. And the Bible teaches that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And friend, when we recognize who Jesus is, we must bow the knee to Jesus Christ. And here He worshipped the Lord Jesus. He did worship. 
and then we read, he said unto him, What saith my Lord to his servant? He bowed, he worshipped, and he prayed, What saith my Lord to his servant? And God then gave the direction that Joshua needed. You go to chapter 6. It reads, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord, this is Jehovah God, uh, said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And God gives the direction that Joshua was needed. Remember, I said that Joshua was out on his own. He's got a, a, a humongous task before him. There's a land to conquer. Uh, he does not know where to start. He does not know how to go about this. Uh, he looks and he comes near Jericho. And here's a city that is walled to the heaven. And he knows that there are giants in the land. And Joshua needs the direction and guidance of God. And that's exactly what God gives to him. The Lord ministers guides and gives that direction. You go to chapter 5 and verse 15. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy foot or thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua stood that day in the presence of of the Lord. I'm convinced of something that one of our greatest needs across America today is to sense the holiness of the Lord, to enter into the presence of God. God is holy, holy, holy. I believe this morning the closer we come into the presence of the Lord, the more we're humbled. When we realize who He is, we can't help but see we're sinful. We see that He is pure. He is perfect. He is holy. But we are sinful beings. You see, I, I believe this is so lacking, it's so evident that man can't save himself. We're sinful. We're lost. We're finite beings. God is holy. You can never live up to God's perfect holy standard. My friend, that's why Jesus, our captain, came into this world. He lived the only perfect life that has ever been lived. He went to the cross not for his own sin. He went to the cross for my sin and for your sin. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. He paid our debt. The wrath of God was poured upon the Lord Jesus Christ because of our sin. And I believe the closer we come into the presence of the Lord, the more we recognize we're vile beings in need of a Savior. It's kind of interesting. The Lord commanded Joshua, Loose thy shoe from thy foot. The place where thou standest is holy ground. I remember a previous incident in the Bible. Go with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. 
This was Joshua's predecessor, Moses. In Exodus 3, verse number 1, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. The angel of the Lord, and by the way, the angel of the Lord is a picture again, a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Now before God sent Moses, God gave Moses this burning bush experience. Where Moses would enter into the presence of the Lord and sense the holiness of God and Moses had a humongous, formidable task ahead of him to deliver the nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt. He could not go it alone, and so God would appear to him and make his presence known and assure Moses of this task. Before God sent Joshua to conquer the land, he assured Joshua of the same thing. Uh, the vision would offer to Joshua the assurance throughout his journey in Canaan land, that the captain of the host of the Lord would go before him. Now again, I, I believe we are to do great things for God. It's not going to be through human strength. It must be through the power of the Lord and the touch of God and the sense of God's holiness and our frailty. I think God makes this very clear to both Moses and Joshua. They're going to see miracles. They're going to see the hand of God, the touch of God in great and mighty ways. You read the miracles of God's deliverance from the land of Egypt, all oh, the power of God that was involved. But because of this vision, Moses could never pat himself on the back and say, look what I did. No, this was the Lord and his might. And now Joshua, uh, previous to all of the miracles that God is going to work, we'll read in the next chapter of Jericho and how God defeats the city of Jericho. And yet in all of the battles that God would win in the land of Canaan, Joshua would never be able to take the credit and say, look what I've done. No, uh, he would have to point to a holy God that worked in might and miracle. Friend, this is so very important because we are so good about taking credit where credit is not due and taking the glory from God where all glory should be given unto the Lord and given Him honor and praise. The closer we enter into His presence, the more we become aware of His holiness and our own frailty. As we look at this vision of 
the Lord. It was the timing of this vision. The circumcision, the observance of the um, Passover, the place of this vision by Jericho as Joshua was seeking his direction, God's direction. It was the person of this vision. It's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ as he comes to give assurance unto Joshua. There's the encouragement that comes out of this vision as Joshua recognizes not only is he captain over Israel, but he's captain over all the hosts of heaven. And more there be that are for us than there be against us. And my friends, sometimes that's what we've got to do is we've got to get not this small speck of a picture, but we've got to get above the circumstances and recognize our God that fights on our behalf. I think that's what Joshua needed at that point in his life. There's that reverence when you enter into the presence of the Lord. You must bow the knee to Jesus Christ. I'd like for a moment here today, every head bowed.